0: Welcome to On Texas Football. It's our weekly special, the state of the program, our weekly program. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas filling in for Eric Nolene today. Uh, Eric uh, out on the West Coast. uh, His son had a birthday. Uh, Justin, thanks for coming in, bud. Uh, And sitting in, we need to talk a little Longhorns. And this week, uh, this program itself, we talk about some greater issues surrounding Texas, et cetera. The talk the last couple of weeks have been recruiting, certainly. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about a little team notes that we've picked up in the last uh, 48, 72 hours as well. And then there's also some NIL discussion as it relates to the university uh, we're talking about. Let's start with uh, the situation at defensive line at Texas right now, because one of the things I've picked up, Justin, is that Trill Carter, a young man out of Minnesota, transfer from Minnesota, uh, originally from the state of Georgia, is really showing well in workouts. Jerry has heard the same as well. Well, you know, what kind of, what, how, how much meaning would you ascribe to that for Texas? Because I, I feel personally like this is a big step for Texas for depth along the defensive front this year.
1: Yeah, I mean that 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 was the old the whole reason you they brought in Tro Carter. You know, this is a guy that they didn't have to wait to recruit, develop red shirt, you know, all those things. This guy has, you know, logged 525 snaps for Minnesota last year uh, with, you know, this guy had been playing in the big 10 for a while. And so he comes in with experience. He comes in with, with the ability to, to, you know, he wants to be able to help with that rotation. They want to go 20, 25 snaps per game with a lot of those guys for Bo Davis. And I think that's exactly what Trill is going to be able to do. They've already got some dudes on the defensive line. Sheryl Carter is just another piece of depth, but you got to understand that that's a really important piece because you're only going to be as good as your ability to stop the run in college football. And I think anytime you can add some, some meat and potatoes to the defensive line, that that's a plus. And, again, you don't have to recruit him, you don't have to develop him, and you don't have to wait for him in the strength conditioning program. He's gone through all that. He's a ready-made free agent, and I think we're going to see more of that from, from him coming up this fall.
0: Uh, speaking with Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Justin, a couple other things I want to mention. Uh, a guy on the live stream last night mentioned this, and I think it bears uh, a consideration and something that I think you can lean into a little bit here. It's interesting to us that a lot of the best hosts, a lot of the guys that are hosting players for Texas right now in recruiting visits are actually guys that are true freshmen Freshman. or just on campus. Um that that's a lot of trust in those guys for the for the coaches, one, but two, it says that they're pretty happy with where they're, where the team is uh, overall right now. And then you have guys like Kelvin Banks hosting and even a transfer like Gavin Holmes tra- uh, uh, hosting a, a recruit. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think that says from a recruiting perspective? That's one, and then second, do you recall that many freshmen
1: early enrollees ever hosting? recruits like this i i think i think there's a few different angles one the the the, rec, the freshmen that are doing a lot of the hosting already really know the recruit they're really close to him you know you, you talk about like colin simmons and, and and the and alex january and those guys They all know those metroplex kids from anthony hill and john T. cook and manny muhammad they all know each other uh, you know, uh, I believe Jordan Johnson Rebel was hanging out with Manny Muhammad. Well, they all know each other. They, they grew up around each other in the Metroplex. And so there's a ton of familiarity there, which I think is actually helps Texas with recruiting. It helped them in the last cycle. And I think it's going to help them in this cycle as well. I can't recall this many freshmen ever hosting. To be honest with you, freshman hosting was kind of a weird. I, I don't know if I'd ever really heard of that before, but I think Sark and these guys are strategic. They understand that. Some of these younger guys are closer to to, to the younger guys. They're closer to the Jonte Cooks and, and things of that sort. And so, you know, give Arch Manning a, a, a you know a, a hat tip. This is a guy that was helping host with Trey Owens. He he, he,
0: he came back from the Manning Passing Academy Academy to do it.
1: He came back from there, and he also on Saturday spent half the day at Peter McPodge's football camp. So this is a guy that's be. He, he is he is active. And so, yeah, there was so much involvement there. And I think that actually helps you as well. And so I think there's some familiarity with there. I can't really recall ever seeing freshmen do this on a regular basis. I got to tell you, the one that's really notable is Gavin Holmes. You've got guys on campus that have played corner before, and you're going to go to a guy that just joined in, in January. But Gavin is that type of personality. He's engaging. He's smart. And he's grateful for where he's at. And I think recruits feel that they sense that with these guys. Gotcha. Jelani McDonald and Col- Kobe Black. two well, Again, the familiarity. Listen, why have a junior and senior host these guys when the guy you've been playing ball with for six years can be the guy? And that's it. That's another great example.
0: Yeah. All right. I want to say thank you uh, before we get to the next topic uh, to Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Adam's been helping injured Texans for the last couple of decades almost now. uh, Adam is a friend of the program here at uh, On Texas Football and the state of the program. He sponsors us each and every week. If you've been injured in a uh, car wreck or suffered any kind of catastrophic injury at work uh, that's uh, taking you away from work for a great deal of time, give Adam a call at 512-280-0800 or visit him online and fill out uh, a a consultation, loweylawfirm.com. Uh, that's Adam Lowy in the Lowy Law Firm. Justin, let's go to the next place. Uh, Texas now at seven pledges on the recruiting campaign. Uh, after Santana Wilson, Christian Clark, and Jarrett Gibson kind of all went within three or four days of each other, right? Three out-of-state guys. I feel like now we're getting ready to be entering the in-state part of the programming, right? Nate Kibble committed on Sunday. We expect one commit later today for Texas. Uh, We'll see if that follows through, but that's the the current time frame. You and I know that. Um, Beyond that, there are six or seven that are lined up to go in the next week to two weeks, uh, at least. uh, Right. So they they dominoed on three out-of-state, key out-of-state guys. Now they're heading into the in-state program. How does this, is this kind of playing out to plan or as expected for for Steve Sarkeesian and his group, in your opinion?
1: I I think some of it's planned. I really do. I think they needed the June official visits for confirmation. I think that's what answered a lot of questions to let them know, okay, you guys ready to jump in the boat or not? Because they didn't really push for anybody during the spring. They really didn't. And so once Santana Wilson dropped, then you started seeing the dominoes fall after that I think that's why we have been talking about July being so important, July being so big for the last two months. We've talked about that. We knew a handful of kids that were going to commit in July. And so everything is sort of setting up for next month. It really is. And I want to say they got kind of a head start in late June to, to getting that going. So I'm not sure they expected it to start this much. But I do think it was strategic in the way that they wanted to make sure to get these guys on campus for those official visits and get the confirmation they needed. Either that these guys were going to be a take and they were going to jump in the boat or that they were going to move on to the next guy. Do they want to waste any more resources on a certain recruit or do they want to move on to the next guy? Now they know where they stand with a lot of these guys. You're going to see a third, a fourth, maybe even a third of the class possibly drop in the next three weeks There's a lot of guys lined up. And I think Sark has a lot to do with it, but I also think it's a combination of of when a lot of these guys, when they hung out in the last couple of weekends, they really got to know each other. And, 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 you know, like with a Corian Gibson and a Jordan Johnson Rebell, they've been friends since they were kids. And so they took other visits to other schools, you know, Ohio State trip as well. And, And so they've already been talking about it. So some of it's Sark, some of it's the players, and, and and like and, you know, I say this all the time, Bobby, and you know this, every single recruitment is different. It's got its own story. Every single recruitment does. And I think in this regard, it's some of Sark's strategy, and I think it's some of the players just being familiar, understanding their role. And, hey, we're, we're seeing this now in the early enrolling era – I mean, in the, uh, the early signing day era. There are a slew of kids making decisions in the summer – And then you got guys that go into the season and they usually take it into December, but you want guys looking for their spots. That's what guys are doing right now. And at Texas, there's a lot of guys that want to jump in. I don't think people realize there are a lot of kids that really want to jump in and Texas is trying to be judicious with their takes. And so it's a, it's a combination of a lot of different factors, but I would definitely give Sark part of the credit for
0: strategy. It's interesting. uh, You and I, and everybody, that follows Texas, I've identified edge as a key position. Uh, no question. Me. Okay. Two things happened yesterday. Okay. An Oregon writer upped his prediction of of uh, Colin Simmons to 75% to Texas. Not long after Eric Naline upped his percentage, I think to 85% of Colin Simmons to Texas. I wish Eric was here today. Uh, I'm sure we'll get him on and he'll talk about it. And he's definitely on inside Texas. And, and you can read his stuff, um, but not only that. Uh, that's uh, Simmons, the number one ranked prospect in the state out of Dunk, uh, out of Duncanville. Not only that. Late last night, Jerry Hamilton put in his prediction for Zena Umiozulu out of Allen, another edge prospect. All of a sudden, Texas is starting to look really, really solid at a at probably or potentially the biggest position
1: of need. Right? Absolutely, Bobby. We've seen. In this, we've seen in Steve Sark's, you know, time at, at Texas, he is recruited at an elite level at every single spot on the roster except Edge. They've got some good ones, but they, have, they haven't they have got any elite guys, any five stars. And I think that's exactly what Colin Simmons would be able to offer. And so there is an onus on that in this cycle. I mean, listen, look, we, we saw it last year. The year before, Texas couldn't even sniff the quarterback. Last year, they, they they got so much better at getting closer. They, they were one of the top teams in the country with quarterback pressures, but they've got to close that gap. And that's what you do when, you, when you, you focus on a Colin Simmons and a Zena Umi-Ozulu. These are two guys that, listen, they've been recruited by this staff for years. That's something I think people don't understand. Both those guys have been recruited by the same staff at Texas for multiple years. You know, with Zena, that's a guy that, You know, it would be pretty surprising if Texas wasn't the choice because his other ones are Oklahoma and Texas A&M. And with his brother playing in Austin, it it, it just it makes the most sense. He'd been there the most. And so uh, Colin Simmons, listen, nobody had a better recruiting weekend last weekend than Colin Simmons. Nobody. Everything Texas did was correct. When you, when you go through the the, the, the the standard operating guidelines of a recruiting visit and how to get closer and how to to get closer to closing and to, to, to really connect, Texas wrote the book last weekend with Colin Simmons. And so we're just continuing to hear um, not only that, that Texas is in a good spot, but that recruitment will not go to December. That was Colin's plan from the start. And, Bobby, you and I both know it. That ain't going to the end of the year. Wow. That, that, see, that's kind of the bigger part of the news. It's not so much that it... Well, look, it's
0: big news that it, it, Texas is potentially or most likely the leader, it sounds like, from, from our intel. Uh, but the bigger piece is win. Uh, because then he he has that... He potentially has an effect to bring more players with him. Right. It raises the profile of the recruiting class. Uh, furthermore, I want to mention this separately. Um, and this is about Zena Zulu. I want to... I, I think it's important... I mean, I legitimately was told of all the players that were in this weekend, this past weekend, he was one of the most impressive guys on the hoof, period. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, well, he's, he's thin. He's, it, is he going to gain weight? Apparently, that is starting to happen right now for him. This is a guy that can end up being 6'5", 6'4 255, playing outside and still being an edge. Uh, and being able to get out the quarterback so do not do not discount hey and when you do that it's at your own risk is my opinion and and don't
1: forget you know this is a kid a, lot, can, of you, I,
0: a lot of people felt that way about Charles Aminahu too
1: and, and about they, Brian Rakpo. and about i mean there, there's a laundry list of that that that's not uncommon in the high school era bringing in those guys understand this too about Zena he's playing middle linebacker this year Allen's defense they moved him around because they feel like they've got to get their best players in the middle of the field on defense and so we're going to see some of that versatility I don't know how much more weight he's going to be able to put on playing middle linebacker but it's going to help him it's going to help him at the next level it's that versatility and don't forget that kid has been on campus more than any other recruit in this class by a mile Got it. Uh, speaking
0: with Justin Wells of Inside Texas, I want to thank our sponsor one more time before we get to a couple more questions and uh, thoughts. Uh, that is Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for a couple decades now. Uh, reach out to Adam at 512-280-0800 or go to LowyLawFirm.com to get a free consultation today. If you've been an, injured in a wreck or on the job, uh, Adam is who you want to call LowyLawFirm.com. Uh, Justin, let's let's keep this you know a little tight on on what we're talking about here, the in-state guys and some of the ones that are expected to make decisions in the next two uh, next week to two weeks right now. Not including Colin Simmons because I don't want to I don't want to put uh, get out over our. We skis. don't know for
1: sure what day. He yeah, is. I
0: don't want to get out over our skis on that.
1: Well, we don't. Yeah, let's, we don't let's know. go. Zina. I don't think he knows.
0: Okay, Zena Umiozulu, we we think is going to announce. Somewhat soon, Corey and Gibson, uh, Jordan Johnson, Rubell, Parker Livingstone, Kobe Black, uh, you know, Jordan Washington's July 4th. And you have Melvin Hills, uh, Aaron Hampton, potentially. I mean, we're Texas is at seven right now. I think I just named 10 guys. They yeah. can be at 17 in two weeks time just to give people. Now, I'm not saying I'm not predicting that to be the case. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that's really what we're looking at. They could go from one-third full of this class or, or one-quarter full of this class to two-thirds
1: full in less than two weeks. Uh, our man at, at ON3, J.D. Piquel, he does a great job with, with his interviews and his videos. He put one out yesterday, and he co- he compared this recruiting cycle with Texas to the four, a 400-meter race. And he said Texas is approaching that point where you hit hit that extra juice, that kickstart there towards the end. So you can finish, finish that, finish that lap strong. And that's what Texas is doing. That's what Sark's doing. And that's what we're talking about. Like this class wasn't really going to start getting formulated until early July. And it seems like it's correlating with that. Now, like earlier, there's a few other guys that jumped in pretty early. And I, I, I'm telling you Santana Wilson jumping in is one of the most underrated takes of this cycle, regardless of class. And so, I, I just think this is the point where, where, where Sark and these guys, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of times fans take the rankings very seriously, recruiting rankings. And, and that's, the, that's some of the funnest things that we do is going back and forth on recruiting rankings here and now, past and, and present. Texas doesn't have, a, you know, they're not in that top echelon yet because Sark has been so judicious with, with, with his offers and with who they're going to take. This is where you're going to see momentum. I think they already have the momentum. It's just more and more apparent once more and more of these recruits start to to, to to file in. And like you said, you're going to start seeing in-state guys more and more because they want to find their spot. Texas identified pretty early who they want in-state, and they made sure they knew they were a priority. And so I think you're going to see those relationships coming to fruition in the next couple of weeks. And I think you'll see a jump in the rankings. You're 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 going. To, Texas is going to jump in the top twenty. Uh, by mid July, probably at maybe maybe sooner, they could go so, up to the top ten by then. If if
0: the numbers hit, because I I tried to figure out the numbers a little bit. Uh, then you think uh, it'll be top ten. I, I think they could could hit the top ten by mid July. Uh, uh, you know, because it's been a topic of conversation uh, right yeah. amongst all of us. Uh, where would Texas f- uh, start filling out this class, and how would it look? Um, you know, other things that I want to mention that I think are important: NIL. Uh, And I want to close with this. Uh, The NCAA put out a memo on Tuesday saying that it's up to the member institutions to make the rules and abide by those rules. Well, unfortunately, when the for the NCAA, that is when the rules are uh, opposed to the rules of the state that you live in, which one supersedes? Well, Texas is funded by the state of Texas, not by the NCAA.
1: So baby,
0: yeah, I just think that they're not going to I, I think that as it relates to NIL rules, Texas is is it going to do what Texas uh, is Texas state law says same with Texas A&M, by the way, uh, Texas Tech, whomever um, that I think that does give Texas an advantage potentially, yeah. but it's not a not an advantage other states won't also take advantage of as well. Texas isn't on an island. Uh, somehow with this idea, um, Justin, you're you're on the ground talking to a lot of recruits. Uh, one of the things that Steve Sarkeesian says is that NIL is a part of who we are. It's it's the modern age of college football, like it or not. You know, some people may not like it, but it's the modern age of college football. Reality. Yeah. he His his take is I want people to be here for Texas. If when it comes to NIL, NIL, Texas needs to be competitive but it doesn't need to be the reason somebody goes somewhere. Right. Um, Your overall thoughts on NIL and its impact thus far on this recruiting cycle for the Longhorns, is it weighing in Texas's favor, or is it simply holding serve? In other words, is it too big an emphasis or just the right amount in your opinion?
1: Man, can you ask me that in two weeks?
0: Yeah, no, you know, that's that's I think, a good I think question. You're
1: in the middle right now. Okay. I, I don't think it's it's a benefit. I don't think it's a de- deterrent. I think they're in that middle stage. And I, if we see a few guys that we feel like are probably going to drop or are in the best position to get over the next month, then we'll have a really good idea of which side of the the fence NIL is on for Texas in this cycle. I, I think Texas fans want to know that. Hey, you're one of the biggest, best. Athletic departments in the country, you should have ample resources to go get who you want. That's not the reality, though. You you have to be smart with this. With this, I, I love Sark saying what he says. Look, NIL is going to be a component, no question. But you really want to get kids that want to go to Texas because that, that can't be the reason. And listen, other schools are dealing with that as well. The only problem with Texas is they got a big bullseye on them. They've always got a target. And, and, and they'll always, if one kid is getting, say, NIL and another one isn't, that's going to be the, the selling point for a school, for a comp- competitor. That's exactly what's going to get mentioned. And so, you know, I in two weeks, we're going to have a better answer for that. And I feel like it's going to be an advantage. I think it's helped in the last cycle. I feel like it's going to be advantageous. But I, I want to see it from my own eyes. There's a few particular players in – and, you know, that I want to see with my own eyes to make sure that I can make that judgment, that it's advantageous. Because right now, I think they're kind of riding the fence a little, Bobby. We'll know more in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair discussion point because it should they should be riding the fence. I mean, look, if, if that's Sark's true, you know, he wants to be then competitive, but he wants to be them about being at Texas. That's exactly where it should be theoretically. The great thing I I think about it is that Chris Del Conte, the, the athletic director at Texas, is taking the bull by the horns a little bit here and being proactive to make sure that Texas is compare, is competitive. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, from that vantage point, in my opinion, uh, I think Texas is set up uh, for uh, success long term. Uh, now, they still these are all and, and this is something Jerry and I've talked about and you and I have talked about as well as Eric, Justin. These are all competitive recruitments. These aren't, you're not going up against, it's not Texas versus, I don't know, Iowa or Iowa State. And, you know, it's, it's and and those are good programs. I'm not trying to denigrate either of them. My point is you're going up against the Alabamas, Oklahomas, USC's, LSU's, Georgia's of the world. It's, it's big boy recruiting. So there's going to be some, that component to it that you got to be ready to go, go to battle with. All right. Uh, Justin, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for filling in for Eric Naline. Uh, Eric and I will probably get together tomorrow uh, to do another episode, uh, so everybody can uh, tune in for that. Also, a reminder: we believe that there will be a commitment at some point today. We're going to be uh, following that, Justin. I'm sure at least one that we know of as of right now.
1: Uh, also, another reminder: the most popular show on YouTube, the most popular show on the on, the, on Texas football mega mega home the most popular show tomorrow morning thursdays justin and joe cook it doesn't get any better guys i had no idea we were the most popular show in the history of youtube i didn't know it either i kind of don't believe it tomorrow morning be sure that that is that is programmed internet watching get on it
0: (laughs) questions answered with uh, joe cook and justin Wells. justin thanks for filling in for eric we appreciate it we appreciate our sponsor Adam Lowy and all the folks watching uh, today for Justin. I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the state of the program.